Welcome to the Light Lab Podcast. My name is Eliana Light, and I'm here with my friend Cantor Ellen Draskin. Hello, everybody. And Rabbi Josh Warshawski is not here today. <laughs> He's got a lot of nerve. I know. Where did he go? Well, he has a pretty good reason, which is just that he recently had a child. I was watching this morning live streaming the covenant ceremony for Josh's new baby boy, older brother uh, to Jonah, which is so, so sweet. I mean, maybe we can get him to talk about that when we do our <laughs> when we do Absolutely. our life cycle series because it was so, so beautiful. <sighs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Are we dreaming ah, of what a, a lovely life way to, ah, I was gonna say, what a lovely way to celebrate the Chag. Oh, seriously. And uh, we can cut this out if he doesn't want us to put it in. Um, but his son's name is Zeev, which means brilliance and spark and light. Isn't that beautiful? That's great. That's amazing. Zeev Ha'olam. That's the phrase that pops mm-hmm. up in my head. Brilliance of the universe. So big mazel tov to Josh and his whole family. Uh, and, you know, come come back to the pod whenever you want. We are going to have a very special guest later, which is my mom. So I'm very excited. <laughs> to have my mom on the podcast. It's going to be great. But Ellen, we'll start with our regular weekly question. And the question for us is, what is something that has been passed down to you? I have to say that the first thing that I think of is uh, in terms of inheritance and passing down. And because we are now on our Shabbat at home blessings, I think of our family's candlesticks. Mm. big brass candlesticks. And they're the only thing that I know that I have that came from Eastern Europe and my great-grandparents. And so Shabbat always has a a special place because of those candlesticks. Um, But then I mentioned before we turned on the microphones here that this week while you and I are speaking, we're in, uh, we're getting to the end of the book of Genesis and how all the children of uh, Jacob get blessed. And I have been thinking a lot about what's been passed down to me in terms of family traits, Mm. positive or negative, and how, what a great idea it is to reflect on some of those and say, can I see even the challenges of what's been passed down to me as a blessing and as something that I can build on and uh, grow from, et cetera, et cetera. So that's on my mind a lot these days. That's beautiful. And it reflects not just the reality of our world in which we inherit a lot of things from our family and they're not just immediately positive, but that the blessings that Jacob gives his sons, some of them aren't great. (laughs) (laughs) And you are stubborn and you shall be stubborn and your descendants, you know, that's paraphrasing, right. but mm-hmm. what does it yes. what does it mean? And I think of that too in terms of when someone has passed and we say, may their memory be a blessing. Sometimes I say, may it be a blessing for you, no matter how you learn from their life, whether it's in what to do or what not to do, because so often it's a mix of both. 
and that both of right. those things can be blessings. Well, Torah is an example of that for sure. Our our uh, our stories are all about what to do and what not to do. <laughs> yes, I think when we get later today, we'll certainly mention some folks from the Bible that I'm like, uh, do you really want me to be like them? <laughs> do you really? Do you really? Um, uh, but I'll share that I was thinking about traits in the same sort of way. I joke that my love of baseball is hereditary. Uh, I'm a Cubs fan because my father was a Cubs fan. I call myself an emotional fan. I have no idea how they're doing at any given point in the season. I don't know who's on the team, uh, but I see that logo. Or, you know, when I go visit Chicago, I'll just look at the stadium and be like, oh, think of Abba um, and feel connected to him in that way. And as I get older, there are so many traits of mine that I'm like, oh, I'm my mother, right? Becoming, you know, we have those moments. So, you know, when I dance, there are a couple of dance moves that I do now that I'm like, oh, this is this is from mom. When I randomly burst out into song or sing old commercial jingles, you know, she, she brought a lot of joy and whimsy and I try to do that. We also, whenever we paused a movie or TV show, we put up our hands and go pause can't really see it, but <laughs> you know, my hands are like down, like little animal pa yes. so like, pause, like I'll do that. Like all of these, <laughs> all of these things. Um, but, but the older I get, the more I just appreciate that my mom just loves joy and fun and surprise and delight. And she knows how to be serious and cares a lot. And there are moments of, of joy. So I try to greet those moments where I feel like my mother with joy and not with, oh my gosh, I'm becoming my mother. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And coming to you and to our, our conversation today as a parent mm. and watching my own children who are now adults and in terms of, oh gosh, did they really learn that from me? Or <laughs> yippee, they learned that from me. <laughs> And everything in between, I assure you. And everything in between. It really is. So friends, we're talking about kiddos and families a lot because we've been on our sweet and cozy journey through Shabbat at home. It's really just been such a delight, especially in these dark days, to get to have a little taste of Shabbat. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. And even when I was researching this earlier this week, it's it's been so sweet. Uh, we lit the candles maybe in your beautiful inherited candlesticks. And we sang Shalom Alechem. And now it's time for blessings, particularly children's blessings. And as we'll talk about family blessings or whoever else is around your table, even if it's just you, blessings for you. Back in episode 43, we talked a little bit about the priestly blessing, which is a part of this. So if you want more on that, you can listen to episode 43, but we're going to start with the particular children's blessings, the traditional ones, and then we'll see what happens from there. But first, just a little bit about how did this tradition come to be to bless children and families on Friday night? Mm -hmm. Wow. I want to open it up a little bit. I'm so curious because so many of our episodes thus far have been, of course, about 
quote unquote, blessing God, Baruch Atah. And now all of a sudden, and even the Yivarechecha was God saying, here's how you're going to bless the people. And this one is so human that I'm curious about that aspect of one human being just outright blessing another human being. So with your permission, I'd love to share a passage from Rachel Naomi Remen's book, My Grandfather's Blessings. Please. And it, it's, uh, she starts like this. Blessings come in forms as simple as the greeting commonly used in India. On meeting a total stranger, one bows and says, Namaste. I see the divine spark within you. Here, we are too often fooled by someone's appearance, their age or illness or anger or meanness, or just too busy to recognize that there is in everyone a place of goodness and integrity, no matter how deeply buried. We're too hurried or distracted to stop and bear witness to it. When we recognize the spark of God in others, we blow on it with our attention and strengthen it no matter how deeply it has been buried or for how long. When we bless someone, we touch the unborn goodness in them and wish it well. Wow. And I so like that idea of, of that, here's what I see in you. Here's the flame that, that I know is there that I'm fanning. I don't know if, if that does anything for you, but I find it very inspiring. It, it really does in that so much of blessing, whether it's divine directed or human directed is about attention, that that's the beauty of it is I'm taking this time and I'm directing my intention and my attention at you and my hope for you, whatever that hope might be. Because I think often the challenge goes the other way, which is, okay, if you sneeze and I say, bless you, or if I can hope for another person that their life be good and send them blessing, but actually blessing God is challenging. Blessing God is like, what does it mean that God needs my blessing? Um, I know we talked a little bit about this back in our Baruch Atayud episode, but I just, I just taught a class about blessings. And so it's been on my mind because even when we do that hoping or that asking, okay, we want their lives to be better. What is the force that could come in and make their lives better. Or when the Kohanim, the priests bless the people, then the next, in the next verse, God says, and that is how I will bless the people. And it's like, well, no, you said that the priests were going to bless the people, but that it's mm -hmm. all kind of this cyclical, that it goes through us and through some of divine, some sort of divine process to come out in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I experience in the moment, though, is actually somebody taking the time mm -hmm. to fan my spark, to say, I see something in you, or I'm responding to what I a need I hear from you, and, and I care, and I heard, I'm hearing this for you, and I'm wishing this for you. And it is, it is a most human God compassion triumvirate mm. going there for me. Ah. It really is. I'm thinking of times where, you know, it is said that on your birthday, you have special blessing powers or, mm. you know, traditionally it said that a bride before her wedding has special blessing powers and times in my life where someone has given me a blessing when in that intentional space. And that's what it is, right? It's that attention and that intention that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. So yep. why children I on Friday night? found a couple of interesting things. 
first in this book, A Day Apart, Shabbat at Home, I basically inherited my family's entire Judaica library. And I have so, I have, uh, that's a story for another time is how all of those books ended up in my tiny office in New York uh, when I didn't think, when I thought I, I thought I had one box of books coming and I got a dozen boxes of books. So. Sounds <laughs> like uh, an abundance of riches to me. Exactly, now that they're in my house and on shelves and I don't live in New York City anymore, it's very helpful. And I can be like, oh, I have this book I've never opened. Mm. So according to this book, it became a custom starting in the Middle Ages for parents to bless their children before Kol Nidre, thinking about our mortality, what's going to happen for us. I want a good year for me, what's going to happen to me. And I want a good year for you, children, what's going to happen to you. Another kind of high holiday specific thing like the Alenu that's ended up happening all the time, what it means to take it out of that time context. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that, that even, you know, the idea of, for, for those who aren't familiar with it, the idea that Kol Nidre is a rehearsal for our own death and that we might not even come out on the other side of Yom Kippur alive. Of course, thank goodness we do. Mm -hmm. But that at that face, like you say, face with my own mortality eventual, but even right now, what do I, what do I hope for? What do I wish for my children? I, I found it very powerful. I had not heard that before. And yes, and now I guess at any given moment, we don't know what's happened, what's going to happen next. So That's why true. not uh, spread the blessings to our loved ones uh, in any way and in any moment that we can. Right. And so it's understandable that a beautiful family blessing like that migrates into Shabbat. There's a page from Congregation Adath Israel. We'll share this in the show notes. The Sefer Ma'avar Yabok, which I'd never heard of, uh, notes that you should bless your children on Friday night because, first of all, the power of the Satan is diminished on Friday night. The power of, one might say, the accuser or the bad forces in the world. Additionally, there's just, uh, they say, the Tsinoris, Tsino wrote, the pipes of bountiful blessing are open at that time. And that sometimes parents are frustrated with their kids. And so if no. they... <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? It's so strange. No, but to say, we, we kind of start off Friday night in a blessing way so that hopefully the rest of the time can be full of love and spirit, and also notes in the Sefer Omitz Yosef that maybe after we've done Kabbalah Shabbat and Friday night prayer, we're already feeling that spirit, we're feeling that love, and that that's a good time to share blessings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that idea that this is part of the practice of just immersing oneself more fully into Shabbat coming home from tefillah. I'm thinking of the two angels that we already blessed and that, that mentioned in a previous episode that come home with you. And that Satan image comes up for me of the one, if you're not in a blessing mood and your home isn't filled with the blessing of Shabbat, then the quote unquote evil angel will need to say, you know, so moted to be next Shabbat as well. <laughs> um, but if we come home and we're filled with blessing and we and, and love for our family and are in the mood to bless our children, then bring it on. Yeah, right? and go ahead. And of course it's been ritualized, but I think it's a reminder to me that like, if you care about someone, if you 
love someone, if you're grateful for something that somebody did, if you want to wish them well, don't wait. That's something I'm trying to practice. Don't don't wait. It's like one thing to do it in your heart, and that's great. But sharing that with them, you know, then they get to partake in it. Then they get to feel yes. that beautiful feeling. Makes a difference. Makes a difference. Don't wait for blessings. So let's start with our traditional children's blessings. Ellen would love for you to read the Hebrew of that out loud. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can see how, how that feels. Okay. Well, it goes back to Torah. So these are quotations, you know, at least the first line, straight from a Torah portion. And we will acknowledge right out of the gate that this is not gender sensitive. And, uh, and this is tradition, and we are going to take our conversation into e- expansion and inclusion as well. So it says, for a boy, I am reading to you from the Gates of Shabbat, a guide for observing Shabbat, which is published was published a number of years ago by the CCAR, the Central Conference of American Rabbis. This says, for a boy, Yesimcha Elohim Ke'ephraim V'chim for a girl, Yisimech Elohim Kasara Rivka Rachel Olea. And those are the two lines I have here for the reform ritual. Those are the two lines I have in all of the variety of okay. Friday night books and ventures that I have <laughs> strewn across my desk. What translation do you have there? The translation is uh, says it's it's interpretive. I gotta say. May God inspire you to live in the tradition of Ephraim and Manasseh, who carried forward the life of our people. And the same thing with for young ladies. May God inspire you to live in the tradition of Sarah and Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, who carried forward the life of our people. I find that interesting already, Uh, but maybe we should compare that to a few other translations and see what we find. Yeah, I'm looking here at the Anim's Mirot Friday Night Venture. Venture being, I've never had to think, I've never thought about what venture means. (laughs) I guess it comes from to bench, which is one way of colloquially, maybe Yiddishly saying to say the grace after meals for Katamazon. So there's that in here, but there's also all sorts of other things. So this is the Animus Miro Adventure, and it says, may God make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. May God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. But now I'm wondering about the translation of Yesimach and Yesimcha. Is that the same oh, yeah. as what we'll see later in the priestly blessing, Vyasem? Is it seem? Is it just place? Or is it there is. something else happening here? Hebrew-wise. The, the, the first connection that I had to it was thinking about it in terms of Sim Shalom. Mm. Grant peace at, at Sim Shalom. So may God grant you, I find this interesting, or give to you mm-hmm. as God gave to Ephraim and Menashe. Mm. Because I also noticed that verb, that also said to me that even though we're the ones who were doing the blessing in the moment, the emphasis is still on the blessings that come from God. Right. That it is not quite our power to actually bless, but it is in our power to call upon God's blessings for others. Mm-hmm. That's something I need to spend some more time thinking about. Yeah. I'm thinking of 
the phrase Simu Lev, which would be translated as pay attention, but I guess literally means place your heart, um, place or put your heart. And that goes back to, I think, what we were saying in the beginning about intention and attention in terms of the blessing. Mm -hmm. What it means to orient ourselves in a particular way and notice things. And why Ephraim and Menashe and why the matriarchs? Wow. Well, now we get to answer, you know, what is God's blessing for Ephraim? What was that thing that God was giving to Ephraim and Menashe? So Eliana, can you, can you give us some Torah yeah, yeah, context yeah. right out of the gate to, where we are? To look back again, thank you a day apart for directing us to Genesis 48. Um, Jacob is dying and Joseph goes with his sons, Ephraim and Menashe, to see them. Um, Jacob declares that they will be his sons like his other sons. And we see, you know, soon <laughs> later in the Torah that Ephraim and Menashe are tribes and there is no tribe of Joseph. Kind of his line is continued through his sons. And there's this beautiful line, I don't know, that really got to me where Jacob says, I never expected to see you again. And now God has let me see your children as well. Um, just so beautiful, those those miraculous moments that, yes. again, in the time that we are, we can kind of like hold on to even more of, of families being together. So Jacob, in his last days, he can't see very well. He calls them closer. And Joseph tries to maneuver Menashe to the right and Ephraim to the left. But Jacob crosses his arms and makes a big show in the story about and he, and he was here and he was here and he crosses his arms. So Ephraim is now under the right hand. And Joseph is like, you've got it wrong, father. And father was like, no, 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 I meant to do this because the younger, you know, Menashe will do fine, but like Ephraim will overtake Menashe. And we just see this over and over again in Breshi, right? And the younger will serve the older and the younger will overcome the older. This happens all the time. I can't remember who this was. It might've been a rabbi that I met in Alaska, who, who whose whole thesis was that Genesis kind of came about, or these stories came about when there was a dispute in like the Israelite kingdom about a younger overtaking an older in terms of kingship. And so then mm. all of these stories start popping up about, well, the younger overtook the older, but in any case, <laughs> um, in any case, the blessing itself First of all, verse 16 is uh, Hamalach Hagoeloti, may the messenger or angel who has redeemed me from all ill fortune, may God bless these boys. And Hamalach Hagoel, I'll have to look, I don't know who wrote the melody that we sing. Hamalach Hagoeloti, Hamalach Hagoeloti Mikora, which is become part of like Saturday afternoon songs because of its kind of beautiful melancholic nature. Okay, so mm. then we get to verse 20. So he blessed them, Jacob blessed them on that day saying, by you shall Israel give blessings saying, God make you like Ephraim in Menashe. Thus he made Ephraim go before Manasseh. And so we use those exact words from the Torah. And it's Israel himself, Jacob himself, 
saying, and all of Israel shall give blessings with these words. Hmm. I think it's, uh, I was taught along the way that the most important thing about this is that the spell of sibling rivalry and, and its horrendous consequences throughout the book of Genesis, that the spell is broken with this blessing, that Ephraim and Manasseh are the uh, first two siblings that we hear about that are not contentious with each other mm. and actually get along, which is why we don't, which is why we say, can you please have a little what God gave to them because they got out of this not very positive trait that had been passed down from generation to generation all these years. I find that fascinating. It really is. And thank you for bringing that up. I don't think I noticed that because I was wondering when it says, may God make you like a Fryman Menasha, like we don't actually know that much about them as people. I think mm-hmm. we have when their mother names them, I think I have to go back and look at that. And we have this and then they become tribes and we learn about them then. But, you know, we don't know them in the story, but perhaps as you say, that's part of the point is it's pretty quiet because they're not fighting, which is better <laughs> than Joseph's generation can say, certainly. Well, it's all, yeah, it's uh, interesting to me. And it's also interesting to me that all of those past blessings that had to do with elder and younger and inheritance were very much about land and territory, you know, cattle and uh, those kinds of inheritances. And Jacob's down in Egypt. There's no land to be given away. Mm. There's no crops to be given away. There is nothing except perhaps something abstract or spark-ish or spiritual to bless them with. And now a parent is presented with, and today's, so you know what? So today's parents don't have to worry about blessing their children with material abundance. Mm. There is plenty of blessing that is not situational in nature, perhaps. That's beautiful. I think that's, I think that's great. Now I have a different way of looking at this, what it means to ask that our boys be like a Fryman Menashe. And of course, now I'm thinking, why can't that be a blessing for anybody of any or no gender? You know, it's like saying that to be made in God's image just means we look like God. I'm like, no, there's got to be something deeper than that. So why can't everybody? Because I don't know, in my research, I couldn't find why the matriarchs were added why for a girl it's it takes the beginning you see mahlo mm-hmm. for a girl elohim kasara like why <laughs> why <laughs> and i don't know do we have have we come upon yet in our jewish story female compassionate strong sister bonds if we're not thinking literally of sisters, maybe like Ruth and Naomi, mm-hmm. of women who mm-hmm. support each other. Hmm. 
I guess that's the challenge, it, huh? Right. If we wanted to follow that separate but equal example, which yeah. I agree with you, I don't know that we do, that why can't we bless all our children by asking that they be blessed like Ephraim and Asha? It's true. And there are any number of other people we might ask to be blessed like, which I think is also something that preparing for this podcast got me curious about. <laughs> Right. When I, when I was looking for kind of non-binary or any gender versions of these blessings on Everyday Jewish Mom, and we'll share this link, they just put everybody together. You see, and if we, let's see, if we do gender neutral, and they have a version gender neutral with non-binary Hebrew. We've talked about the non-binary Hebrew project on the podcast before. So let's see if yes. we can do this. Yesim Elohim, Kesara. Well, actually, it says Yisimche Adonai and not Yisimche Elohim, which is interesting hmm. um, because it's Elohim and all the other things I see. But in any case, right. Yisimche Elohim, Kesara, Rivka, Rachel, Leah, Ephraim, Umanasha. Mm-hmm. So then it's just everybody gets everybody's blessing. Right. Which is certainly one right. way to do it. I do have, is this a good time for me to share from Mishkan Ga'ava? It's called Where Pride Dwells. Please. And it's a celebration of LGBTQ Jewish life and ritual. Also published by the Central Conference of American Rabbis. And we're jumping into the non-binary world here, as well as daughters and you know, the differences in daughters and sons and in children in general. In this Sidur is a... Blessing for my queer daughter on Friday nights, which I'd be very happy to share with you. Please. It says, thank you for your gift of self. I see you. Thank you for trusting me with your unique truth. I affirm what you have shared with me. Thank you for being my teacher. I'm so proud of you. We are blessed to have you in our family, in our community, and in this world. I rejoice in your courageous act of self-affirmation. You are a revelation. You are a blessing. Just as you bless us, we bless you with these ancient words of hope and aspiration from our tradition. Yevarchech Adonai, again, Adonai. May God bless you and keep you. May you know that you are a blessing created in God's image. May you see yourself as a gift, a link in our ongoing chain. May God's face shine on you and may you feel the radiance of God's love as when I first saw your shining face. May you know peace now and forever. And then it ends, which, and here's the part that I think is, can be used at every table. May you embody the ever-evolving nature of Jacob. May you have the courage embodied by Miriam. May you have the resilience shown by Joseph. May you have the devotion expressed by Ruth to Naomi, just as you mentioned, Eliana. May you experience the love of Jonathan for David. May you find the models you need to become who you are. Mm. And may that bring you peace now and forever. I love that. I think that is that so beautiful to uh, illuminate those qualities, irregardless of gender, of our ancestors that, that you know who, who were those role models or those aspects of their very human personalities that's that's what we want to be like that's beautiful 
And that's something I've heard people do also is, may you be you. May you be like you. May you feel free to grow into you and be yourself, which is also beautiful. What about mm. blessing other people in our families? I'll say something I don't think we're going to dedicate an episode to. There's a tradition of singing Eshet Chayel, which is from Proverbs, a woman of valor who can find. It has a really beautiful melody <laughs> that, um, that I've heard. And I didn't grow up with my father singing Eshet Chayel. There's a joke. It might be apocryphal at this point or not apocryphal. What's a thing where it's like, it might be a story that didn't happen. It's not apocryphal. Above a Misa. <laughs> it might be above a Misa <laughs> at this point. But my, my father, Oliver Shalom, uh, may his memory be a blessing, did not have the best singing voice. He had a lot of spirit, which we took, but the joke is that either my mom or him bought like a beautiful paper cut of Asia Chayil and that he would just point at it not sing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking in the Lechuna Ranana venture and noticing that it has, it includes Psalm 15 in praise of a worthy person, which is beautiful. And it has some suggestions for exchanging blessings with partners of a variety of genders or non-genders with quotes from Song of Songs which I think is really beautiful. I'd never seen this before. Hinach yafa, rayati, hinach yafa. Indeed, you are beautiful, my love. Beautiful indeed. Or hincha yafa, and responding with them in kind and then saying together, Mayim rabim lo yochlu lechavot et ha'ahava unaharot lo yishtifu ha. <laughs> Vast floods cannot quench love, nor rivers drown it. I thought that was very beautiful. Mm, beautiful. I'm reminded of a, um, you know, using Song of Songs, which we read on Shabbat, is, is lovely. A rabbi, I will have to go back and find out who, tells a story of how he and his partner take off their wedding rings to wash their hands mm -hmm. every Shabbat, and then they have to ask each other, to marry each other again and before they put their rings back on and check in to make sure that they're in, they're still in it every single week. Wow. Can you imagine? That's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Isn't it? Still want to be married? Huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am intrigued with this idea, Eliana, of when I have guests around the Shabbat table, now I want to say to them, who would you like to be blessed like? Mm. You know, uh, and then perhaps everyone pleasant can share in blessing that person with what they feel they need or they would uh, find inspiring that Shabbat. May you, Yisim Cha Elohim Ka, fill in the blank. Right. I think there is something beautiful about connecting it to our heritage. It's part of the inheritance piece, right? It's feeling part of a lineage that you don't have to figure out everything on your own, like. At a certain point you do, but we get to learn from our spiritual ancestors, those who came before us in our Jewish story and those who came before us in our family story. We don't have to do everything from scratch. Just a note that some families might even want to bless their furry friends who live with them. My parents said that before they had kids, they had a lot of cats and they would say, may you be as strong as the lions of Judah. 
<laughs> but there's blessings for other sorts of pets and um, anybody who happens to be in your beautiful household. Wow. What I was just thinking where I just went was there's some days when I think of my own dog, Charlie, mm -hmm. and I almost want to be blessed with whatever Charlie's got because he's very patient and he's very mellow. And so, you know, I'll take a little of that. Thank you very much. Sounds good to me. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Time to look at the second component of our family blessing, which is as we said before, the priestly blessing, the threefold blessing, however we want to call it. I'll read that Hebrew again. Here I'm reading from Seder Oneg Shabbos. This is another wonderful bencher. I'll show you, Ellen, and maybe we can figure out a way to show um, wow. our audience. There's beautiful kind of collages, illustrations on every page. It's really a very beautiful bencher. Okay, it says, Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha. Ya'er Adonai Pana Velecha Vichuneka, Yisa Adonai Pana Velecha Vyasem Lecha Shalom. May Hashem bless you and protect you. May Hashem's presence shine on you and be gracious to you. May Hashem be present with you and bring you peace. Amen. Amen. And of course, there are many different translations of this, and we go over some of them together in our past episode. But I'm wondering what it does to take this from the liturgy of the Amidah. There's a difference between reading it to yourself if you're doing a silent Amidah, hearing it aloud if there's a repetition happening, duchanin, which is the process in some more traditional spaces of people in the community who are kohanim, saying the words in front of everybody under their tali tote. Maybe everybody's kind of closing their eyes and receiving those blessings and taking that and putting it in the home. What does anything change? What what's different? I'm thinking about, I believe it was just the last episode or a couple of episodes ago when we started our Shabbat at home blessings and we talked about the, our table, our home, specifically our table is Mikdash Ma'at. Mm -hmm. As, as, as a little mishkan. And so taking the blessing of the high priest for all of the people, you know, in the large sanctuary and bringing it to our mikdash ma'at. And it, in a way, if it's not sacrilegious, you know, the parents or the elders around the table do become like the kohanim. And there's something that you put in our notes, Eliana, that makes me think there's a problem with that. So I really want to hear more. Uh, yeah. In in some of the things I found, and we'll link to a particular uh, source sheet, of course, Safaria is so helpful in building these episodes. There was a machloket, a disagreement, or some rav that comes up, which is that it is against halacha, against Jewish law, to impersonate a kohen, to do things that a kohen would do if you are not a kohen. And so mm -hmm. saying these words that are said specifically in the Torah, and you, Aaron, and your sons, the Kohanim, will bless the people with these words, in particular, the action of putting your two hands on your child, which putting your hands on heads is perhaps part of the embodied nature of this, certainly a tradition, that that means you're impersonating a Kohen. And 
there's different rabbis throughout looking at this practice who try to make it okay. One of them says, only do one hand, don't do two hands. But basically the conclusion was that, oh, it's fine. But that I, <laughs> that idea of impersonating a Kohen is something I hadn't thought of before. But and now based on what you said, I'm thinking it more like in miniature, right? Mm -hmm. the, we're not, you know, maybe my parents aren't pretending to be actual Kohanim. They're saying like in miniature, in this scenario, yes, we are the ones who are passing down the blessing. Mm -hmm. We we have uh, so many other rituals that have been transformed simply because the temple no longer exists. Right. There are no longer sacrifices. There are no longer Kohanim. But we don't want these traditions of blessing either entire congregations or or our children. And you know, as long as I don't act like uh, the Kohanim the rest of the week, for 30 seconds on a Friday night, my children can handle it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Also thinking about what maybe the difference in proximity does, because I actually love participating in Duchanin. I'm a bot levy, and so my job is to wash the hands. It's really the last piece, one of the last pieces of ritual theater we have left. And I totally understand why egalitarian synagogues wouldn't it's very unegalitarian to say, and these people have this special job that only they can do Absolutely. because of who their parents were. Like, I get it. And there's <laughs> something very powerful about it. I love leading services. I don't usually like leading Musaf, but I like leading Musaf where I get to feed the words of the priestly blessing. It kind of whisp the leader whispers it, and then the people saying the blessing right. say it louder. And so it's like, right, it's this, you become a conductor of blessings. I'm like rolling my hands. I, I mean, conductor, not in terms of music, but in terms mm -hmm. of energy, almost like, like a conduit, conduit. Yes. Pulling, bringing the cycle of blessing through, allowing it to complete the cycle. And that can be very powerful, but it's something different to have your grownups or your caretakers or the people you live in the house with who know you very well, say those words. Mm -hmm. And some parents are not as Really spontaneous, you know, not every family is filled with people who are running around saying all the time, I love you, I see you, I bless you, I hear you, even though they do. Right. And to, it's kind of almost like the rest of our prayers. We don't often remember to say them aloud. So it's a good thing that we have a responsibility and we have ritual mm -hmm. so that we stop, you know, this entire ritual around saying to your children, I see you. I hear you. I love you. I see you. Yeah. yeah. I see you. I hear you. I love you. That's beautiful. Speaking of which. <laughs> that's, that's my little threefold blessing right there. That's I see you. Great. I hear you. I love you. <laughs> and speaking of which, I'd love to hear about what the blessing moment looks like in your household. <laughs> I'm really excited to hear about it. Well, uh, the blessing moment in our household is I did not grow up with Ephraim and Menashe or the Imahot there um, and uh, and with the family blessing, but it is something that we instituted uh, early on in, with our children. And we do Yivarechachat. We place both hands. And, and it's rather traditional, except my English for the last part of the threefold blessing is may God's presence always be evident to you and may it always be a source of peace. Mm. And somewhere I would say probably about 
15, 20 years ago, the tag and puppies got added there. May it always be a source of peace. And then the whole family says, and puppies. And puppies. Um, and it, it lasts to this day. And my quote unquote baby is 29 years old. Aww. And when we're all together, we are still adding puppies to our list. I love that. <laughs> I, I love, no, I love the, the family shtick. Like, what is what are the pieces that only your family does? Because my family ended up with a lot of shtick, and I'm excited to talk to my mom and ask her where this came from. She uses, and my parents did this, whether we were at home or whether my father in his role as rabbi was leading everybody, maybe at a Shabbat dinner at the synagogue. They used Debbie Friedman's blessing and I want to sing it, but I also want to wait because uh, my mom can sing it and bless us all. And a lot of Yay. a lot of shtick has been added. I love you oodles and oodles of skittable noodles. I don't know what skittable noodles <laughs> are. I, that might have been a booby thing. We'll have to ask her. We howl at the end now also, I think, because Ooh. her and my mom and her husband, Paul, went to see a movie about wolves. This was a couple of years ago, and now we go, oh. I, I do. I still do it kind of quietly, but they really, you know, if I'm in public, yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> give a little help. But um, we have yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> if, if one if one member of the family or another is on the bima and there's a yevarechacha, you can be sure that we look at each other and say, and, and puppies under our breath. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to get to talk to my mom. Let's. Let's see what she has to say about the origins of, of our beautiful blessing traditions. I cannot wait. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Eliana, my favorite daughter. I have two children. I have a favorite son <laughs> and I have a favorite daughter. Well, I appreciate that very much still. And thanks for 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 coming onto the podcast because this week we're talking about the family blessing. Oi, uh, listeners, you can't see this, but my mother just put some Mickey Mouse ears on her head. They look great. I <laughs> was was that in lieu of a kippah, a head covering. Yes, it's what I had handy. Well, before we actually get to the blessing part, I want to ask you about what Shabbat at home was like for you when you were growing up? Oh, well, both my parents sang in the choir. That's when we had uh, late services that started eight o'clock. So we would get our undergarments on and wear a robe, have matzo, have chicken soup so that we didn't have anything too heavy because they were going to sing and run out the door. And that's how I thought everybody had Shabbat dinner. It's in their bathrobe. Of, of course, you know, we think the way that we grow up is the way that everybody does it. I know that was certainly true for me. Like, oh, every family has a bajillion people over every Friday night. And every family sings all the songs they know from the Bacola Chad venture with the songs in it until 11 at night and does the one line version of the Grace After Meals and kicks everybody out of the house. I, I'm wondering from, from that to kind of the way that I grew up with Shabbat at home, there's a, there is a 
a wide gap. And I'm wondering, like, how did our particular family tradition evolve? Well, in college, I got involved in Hillel and organized a number of potluck Shabbat dinners with Brandeis um, Bardeen alumni. That was one of my jobs at Hillel. And so, and having been to BCI to see where you do sit and you sing after Shabbat and adding in all the blessings, including the Birkat HaMazon and everything, that's something I just really loved. What, what about it? What did you find meaningful about Friday night in particular? I love to sing. I love to sing the Zmirot. I love to be around people. So chance to stop from the work day and connect with other people. And I just, I love doing Shabbat and I loved doing it with other people. I did try to do it on your own. By my, I tried to do it by myself and it's very lonely. Mm-hmm. You really need those other people around to really feel a great Shabbat experience, to feel elevated, to be different than the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Were you thinking about how you would do Friday night blessings at home before you had kids? Or was that something, especially the family blessing part that developed after I made you a mom? Well, at the Shabbat table before children, we had cats. And so we had a special blessing for the cats. We would say, may you be as strong as the lions of Judah. I love that story. Where did it, who decided to start that? How did it happen? You don't know? I don't know. We just, you know, you go in the Bacola Chad book and you do the Shalom Alechem and the Kiddush and the Motzi and and before that is the blessing of the children. We had no children, so we blessed our cats. They were our furry children. <laughs> what? Who? Which cats did you have back then? Flash and Neon. <laughs> oh, Neon died oh, no. right away. His his light went out. He never made it back from Israel. Right. Flash we brought back from Israel, and then we got Moon. I don't remember where Moon came from, but it was Flash and Moon in Chicago. And then... Highland Park, <laughs> excuse me. Highland Park. Yeah. And then you had you had kiddos. By the time I was old enough to remember what the blessing was like, you had added Debbie Friedman's beautiful English blessing. How did you learn that and decide to make it a part of our tradition? I got asked to be a leader for a program from Hadassah called Training Wheels or All Gogolim. And the idea was to get early childhood families together for Jewish family education based on Shabbat and the holidays and some other things. And so I got a cassette tape of Debbie Friedman's Zichrono Lebracha Al Gagalim. She made a song for every holiday and there was and things for Shabbat and there was this blessing song and so I learned it and I thought it was just beautiful and we added it to the traditional priestly benediction before the Yevarechecha so that's definitely where that came and 
We did it when you were little, and it's just something we've con- I've continued on. I just think it's beautiful, and it gives a, a bit of an intention, I think, before the Yivarechecha. And then along with that, over the years, has developed a lot of other parts of the blessing, what one might call shtick. There's a part where we make funny faces, and there's the ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, that was right, a Bob Clampett cartoon. <laughs> yes, that's where um, that came from. What are skittable noodles? The people want to know. The people want to know. I love you, oodles and oodles of skittable noodles. I'm not sure where that came from. I'm not <laughs> sure now that you say it. I don't know what a skittable noodle right. is. But I will say, I do remember quite distinctly hearing a lecture. I'm pretty sure it was Rabbi Joseph Telushkin saying how his father or grandfather used to personalize the Mm. blessing for each child. And that I remember like, whoa, hitting me in the face. Like, of course I can personalize it to each child and like what's going on. So that's where I've added things like, may you have a restful Shabbat or you know, without launching into it, I'm not sure where it fits in the blessing. Actually, may you have a successful, hope you've had a successful week or whatever, Mm -hmm. just little things to make it personalized for what's going on in each child's life, even though my children are adults. Well, (laughs) mostly. Um, Well, we're never too old for a blessing. And I I think that's one of the things that's been so meaningful to me is to have this thread of connection um, and to really feel that love on Friday night. It's a great way to enter my Shabbat. And of course, I FaceTime you and maybe you're in Target, often you're in Target. Maybe you're getting your nails done. Maybe you're at the hairdresser. Maybe you're in the car and you'll always find time to do the full family blessing. And I wonder, how does it feel to do those things in public and to and to share that kind of like personal family moment with whoever happens to be around? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I just kind of go off into a corner. I do remember once in Target, I was sitting down on the paper towels and I just thought, <laughs> this is such an odd juxtaposition here. It's just hilarious, but the connection part, the bringing together, like no matter how busy your week or your brother's work week has been, usually we can, with you always, you'll call me no matter where you are in the world. You're like Carmen San Diego. Where in the world <laughs> is Eliana Light? Anyway, you'll call me from there and we'll um, have this special time of blessing. Yeah. And what is... What is your intention? What are you hoping the blessing might do or what does it do for you and for us? It makes me stop and really feel the love. It's just a moment of gratitude to God and for my children. And it just makes everything else stops in that moment. It doesn't matter if I'm doing it in front of 
a whole congregational Shabbat dinner and I'm giving that blessing. It's like a flow. To me, it, it really feels like a flowing of energy from me to my blessee, I'll say. And it's very special when, when I have a friend over or when I'm talking to somebody else on the phone or when we're all together that they get to be part of the blessing too. Um, and that I feel it's exactly what it, what you said. It, I, I can stop and take it in and feel that love. And then I have that blessing energy that then I get to share with other people too, which is so beautiful. And I'm not sure that I've ever liked thanked you directly for that and for making that blessing such a beautiful and consistent part of my life. But um, it really does mean a lot to me. <laughs> and I feel really grateful for so many things, of course, that you've done and continue to do. But now but you're also, gonna make me cry. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Oh. Really, truly. And of course, I think we should end. It's we're recording this on a Thursday. So I'll, I'll still call you tomorrow, but we could do a blessing now for our listeners, really. And just just a note, friends, there is a point at the end. This, I think, is the last piece of shit that evolves because you and Paul saw a movie about... Called Wolf Walkers. Wolf it Walkers. It was an so animated movie called <laughs> Wolf Walkers. And hence what happens at the end. Need I say more? Okay, I'm just... <laughs> That has become the, the part that I'm the most timid about when I'm in public, but we'll, we'll see what we can do here. But yeah, friends uh, who are listening, if you're in a place where you can stop and take a breath or just ready yourself for a blessing moment. May God bless you and keep you every moment, every day. May God smile at you. And fill your heart in every way. May God help you find the goodness and the beauty. And may everyone enjoy this podcast in everything you do. May you be blessed with peace from above. Yisimech Elohim, Kesara, Rivka, Rachel, Valeya. Yevarechecha, Adonai, V'yishmerecha. Love you, oodles and oodles of gluten-free skittable noodles. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. I love you. I love you so much, sweetheart. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back. Bless you and keep you. May God's grace shine down upon you. May God's presence rise toward you and give you Welcome back, everyone. Let's talk about melodies, melodies that we have for this family blessing moment. Why don't you get us started, Ellen? Uh, 
I think that what you just heard during the break was one of my favorite melodies for the family blessing moment. And it is in both Hebrew and English. This is written by Rabbi David Paskin, and it's called Birchot HaMishpacha, Family Blessings. And it's lovely because the Hebrew changes some of the words. It's, you may have heard, Harachaman, Hu Yivarech Otanu Kulanu. Yachad Bavirkat Shalom means may the merciful one bless us, all of us, Kulanu, Yachad, together, Bavirkat Shalom, with this blessing of peace. And the English verses mention Ephraim and Menashe and Sarah, Mipka, Rachel, and Leah. And it's this lovely combination of uh, the children's blessings that we've been speaking with. And again, I love every attempt to make it first person plural mm. and make it, you know, going on right now. So that's one of the reasons I love this melody so much. Another favorite melody of mine is by the Jewish group Matovu, which is headed up by Rabbi Ken Chasen and Yoshi Zweibach. And they have a very old song, which is Parents' Prayer. And it's lovely because it says, and I have to switch gears from the other melody. It's very much gather your kids on your lap. I've been using this for eight years mm. with a family congregation. And it's the English verses are here with you beside me. I feel so greatly blessed. It's lovely. And the refrain says, Yisimcha Elohim ke'efraim v'chim nasheh. May God give you strength like Joseph's sons. Yisimech Elohim May God make you like our mothers, like our blessed ones. So this make you like our fathers, it's make you like our mothers. With English verses and the tagline of the whole piece is make God make you like our parents, like our blessed ones. Mm. And this melody is easily 20 years old. And I hear it in a lot of Reformed congregations. And I have to tell you, every other week for the last eight years, and there's still a lot of tears in the room each time when the parents gather their children and we sing this together. So it's become a favorite. May God make you like our parents, like our blessed ones. Those are so beautiful. I love, even though we've been talking about a home ritual, whenever I get families, especially with little kiddos together, I got to do a family blessing just to be able to facilitate and hold space for that special moment within families that we get to have together. And I always want to use Dr. Emily Aronoff's family blessing. It's very special. In the first verse, the grownups, the caregivers repeat after the leader and bless their kiddos. But then in the second verse, the kiddos get to repeat after the leader and bless their grownups. And I'm in the sweet spot where there are like enough kids over five that can actually, you know, when I say, and if the kiddos are too young, then they're blessing you in their heads and their hearts. Like, right. We want to include everybody. But when I'm in a place and I sing, you are a blessing. And I hear you are a blessing. <laughs> it's just the most beautiful sound in the whole world. And sometimes the adults will try to sing along. And I'll be like, no, just the children. 
let the children That's sing right. it. Yeah. Well, and how empowering for the children yes. to have the ability to bless when you can barely form the words. You can see the effect on your parents' face. It's, it's miraculous. It's marvelous. I actually want to tell a quick story that this is reminding me of, and then we'll play a little bit of the song. If we have time, we can cut this out if not. But one of the times I was leading a Tat Shabbat at a synagogue I was working at, we had gone a long way to planning the service and planning everything so that people were really in it and paying attention. When I first started there, it was really raucous and loud and the grownups were talking in the back. And my, after my first service, I asked my friend who used to lead them, what do you do when it gets wild like that? And they said, well, we just turned the microphones louder. I was like, <laughs> oh, we have different we, we have different goals and <laughs> aspirations for the space. So anyway, I'd been working with them for a while and we were at a place where most everybody was paying attention except for these two parents who were talking to each other and their little kiddos were sitting on either side. And I did all the song leader tricks. I said at the beginning, this is a time for families to be together. Thank you for being mm. present. I took, I looked at them, I gave them the eyes. I took my guitar and walked right up to their row in the chapel and sang at them. Yeah. And they were still talking. And after all that, it was like, okay, you know what? I've done what I can. The kiddos are having a nice time. I'm going to let it go. And then at the end of the service, I do Emily's family blessing. They're still talking. And when I get to the point where I say, and if you would like, you can put your hands on your children's heads. You see one of the little girls grab her mother's hand and place it on her own head. She's just quiet and stoic the whole time. And the mom shakes it off. She's still looking the other way. Oh. I know. But this little girl is not deterred. She picks up the hand, her mom's hand, puts it on her own head. And suddenly it was if this mother like awoke from a dream. She like snapped her neck around. She looked around the room and she started to cry. Oh. because she she didn't know what she was missing out on, that there was magic going on in their family. And mm. the fact that the three-year-old could feel it and was inviting her mother into the moment wow. was just such a, a powerful, powerful thing. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget that. Mm. And we can play some of Emily's <laughs> here. Every day. When you care for me. Welcome back, everyone. As usual, we're going to end with just a little moment of blessing, if you will, a little moment of being, if you'd like, and you're in a place where you are able to, you can sit up a little taller in your chair, stand or lie down in a way where you can feel yourself connected to the earth. You can straighten your spine, imagining it a sacred ladder between heaven and earth and earth to heaven. You're invited to relax your shoulders away from your ears, relax your face, let your arms fall to your lap, and just start to follow the pattern of your breath in and out and in and out. Letting your breath be a conduit to presence 
a doorway into this very moment right now. And I invite you with each breath to think or place the intention in your mind. You are a blessing. And I invite you to imagine someone who is close to you in your family, in your friends, in your community, who you would like to send some blessing to and imagine you saying to them, you are a blessing. How about someone else now that you would like them to know? You are a blessing. And take the next few breaths to send that blessing to whomever you would like, maybe even someone who can be a little challenging to you can they be a blessing also? And now I invite you to turn that on yourself. Can one part of yourself say to that divine spark within you that is always there, you are a blessing. You are a blessing. And I invite you to breathe in the blessing of this beautiful quote by Rainer Marie Rilke. Believe in a love that is being stored up for you like an inheritance and have faith that in this love, there is a strength and a blessing so large that you can travel as far as you wish without having to step outside it. Take another breath in that blessing knowing that it is always there for you. You are a blessing, Ellen. <laughs> that doesn't need to be this long pause. I was just looking for my mute button there. <laughs> you are a blessing. Uh, you are a blessing, Eliana. I have to say that you know, spending this kind of time with you. Josh, we miss you. We miss Hurry you. back. And Eliana, what a pleasure it's been to talk through all of this with you today. It is such a blessing. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, listener. You are also a blessing. Our podcast editor, Christy Dodge, is a blessing. And Yaffa, who does our show notes, is a blessing. Go to lightlab.co for our amazing show notes. Our podcast producer, Rachel, is an incredible blessing. And again, so are you. Thank you so much for being on this journey with us. Find us on the socials. Connect with us. I hope you have, whenever you are listening to this, that your next Shabbat is a beautiful one and that you may feel full of blessings. Mm -hmm.